Empire. The fight game is in need of analytics. Like any better that would replace that that bet on Leon in play just for that one opportunity to take advantage of that puncher's chance um, would have made a, a fair bit of change. Uh, so, so we really are, are telling the story of the fight through numbers. That's Tim Malik, CEO of Combat IQ, who is bringing analytics and statistics to the octagon. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. The eye test remains the preferred viewpoint of breaking down big-time fights, but Tim Malik, who spent time scouting football players professionally, believes that the time has come to bring analytics in, especially if markets are to mature around boxing and UFC. Our guest this week is Tim Malik. He's the CEO of Combat IQ, which is revolutionizing the world of combat sports with cutting-edge data analytics solutions. Tim, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, friend. Thanks for having me. All right. Tell me a little bit about your company. What do you guys do? Yeah. So Combat IQ is actually a computer vision company dedicated to combat sports. What we do is we extract real-time fight data from broadcast screens and we give it to the fight league so they can engage, enhance their broadcast. Um, at the same way, like you see in the NFL, MLB, NBA, which is largely non-existent in combat sports. At the same time, the data we extract, we analyze and deliver to betting companies in the form of odds for real-time in-play betting. Okay. Um, tell me a little bit about what is some of the data that is of interest to sports books? What is some of the data that's interest to the media companies that are broadcasting the fights? Absolutely. Uh, so as far as sports books, really there's, there's two types. Um, there's those that, that get odds from a compiler or those that use data to actually create odds in house. Um, so, you know, for the, for the former, we would just send odds, um, as, as a, a raw file. And for the latter, uh, typically it'd be an analysis or, or data set, which they can then use. Uh, as far as broadcasters, um, uh, you know, providing things like the live stats, um, has been, you know, something non, uh, not existing combat, you know, in, in NFL and, and CFL and all these uh, pro leagues in, in the U.S. and North America, we see that those real time stats always on the screen. How many yards does this guy have? How many passing yards? Uh, you know, yards after catch, all that stuff. In in where we're specifically starting, um, you know, outside of the UFC, it's gonna be your hard fought to find real stats. You know, PFL is one that has it, um, but really, it's it's been non-existent for most leagues. Okay, what kind of stats are we talking about that are important to the broadcasters? When we talk about fights, it's like basic stats: the number of strikes, the accuracy of strikes, how many times somebody took somebody to the ground, how long they spent on the ground. Yeah. One of the cool things we do we do is extract the punch and the kick speed. Um, again, everything is in some one second latency, so it's, it's very much real time. Okay. Um, and can you tell effectiveness in any way? Is, is there any way to do a metric where you could almost in real time show how effective a strike is? Uh, absolutely. I would say that's something quite subjective. Yeah. Um, because to say if it's efficient or not, I mean, we can paint a picture for sure. And if that, is what broadcasters are looking for to engage their audience. Um, you know, it's something we can definitely do. Absolutely. And then, a lot of what we do is bespoke solutions. Okay. And then like, I guess you're trying to look at speed of the strike, try to gauge power of the strike. Is that correct as well? Absolutely. You know, whenever, um, 
and, you know, whenever the UFC had their fights, there's a heavyweight champion, uh, a former heavyweight champion, there's a name Francis Ngannou. And every time they would sell his fights, they would say Francis Ngannou punches as fast as a minivan moving full speed. They're able to quantify punch power and draw a real-life comparison. Now, that's something similar we can do at scale across pretty much any athlete right from video screen. Um, and what are the broadcasters asking for from you? Like when they go to you with a, this is our wish list, we would like to know these items. What, what are they asking for? Yeah, it's really two prongs. So the first is the actual uh, data extract. So, you know, they don't have any statistics most of the time. Uh, the first thing we do is create that availability. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with Pro Football Focus. Some of these other uh, companies that have catered to major sports that have built a culture around stats and data. Yeah. I mean, I remember in, in 2008, 2009, you know, everybody always talked about this is like these random stats the NFL would put out. This is this running back's third first down in the third quarter when the wind is blowing west, for example. Just random things like that. Um, you know, this is something, a culture that was created, um, and it's something that MMA is hungry for that, that, that they don't have. Uh, fans have always, are always asking for different types of data. Um, so, so we enable that. And then the second part of that is actually visualizing it. So what we would call a body hit chart, you know, where has a person been targeted throughout the course of the fight, um, overlaying those stats over the bottom one third of the screen and having any like sort of augmented reality stuff happening on screen. These are areas that we help with. Um, so are you looking to try to build a PFF model for combat sports as well, where there's going to be a database of this type of information that could potentially be disseminated to fans. Yeah. So it's something we thought about um, the way we work is we actually provide the, the data we uh, extract to the league itself so they can build that community in-house and really drive that brand loyalty. Um, you know, we explored having PFF for, for uh, combat sports um, and it's something we're going to continue to consider, but right now we're very much B2B. Okay. Um, and in terms of the database of information, football obviously yeah. has 22 people on a field. The conditions of every game are different. Um, an octagon's an octagon, no matter where you put it, right? There's only two competitors taking place at any one point in time. I imagine the data sets are, one, much easier to collect, but I wonder from your point of view, how intricate could it possibly be? Yeah, I appreciate you asking that. I think that... Um you're absolutely right in the sense that it's, it's a one-on-one -on -one sport. So there may not be as many data points, but I believe the data points are much more granular. Um, you know, you could talk about specific stats in the NFL, like how quick is this D tackles first step? You know, that, that's an interesting stat, like how explosive is it? Similar sort of stuff exists within combat. You know, how does somebody transition on the ground? Um, you know, what submission attempts are they pulling? What's a common type of submission they like to pull? What's their favorite type of punch? Where do they place them? There's a lot of things we can really get into. Um, okay. Let me talk about appetite from the fans um, that sure. they, that they want this like again, and this is a perceptual thing with football yeah. because of fantasy football, because of gambling. Um, I do think that there is a interest in all of this data and stats to try to gain an edge. And also it is with 22 people on a field, it is an intricate sport where there's always an educational bias there. With MMA or or combat sports, for that matter, mm -hmm. there yep. feels like there is more just a visceral reaction to seeing it. So can you kind of just tell me a little bit about the desire to have this level of knowledge and stat base behind it when it's my understanding that most people are watching it and going to it because they like seeing a fight? 
Yeah, and you know, I'd say that that was the NFL at one time. You know, before they started tracking stats, people were watching for the game. And then, you know, once this the, the data became available and those game patient opportunities were actually presented, that fantasy to bet in play in real time, that's when it really started to take off and people start to understand its value. And that's where we come in. It's like the NFL in the 80s. This doesn't exist in combat. So by us enabling real-time stats, we allow for that game patient, that fantasy to happen. You know, one of our focuses is actually enabling the market for in-play betting. Yeah. Um, so during the NFL game, you can bet during the, during the, the, the game. In MMA, outside of the UFC in particular, MMA and, and boxing as well, you can't bet during the fight, you know, outside of some major events. Uh, it's really not something that fans can take advantage of. Um, you know, we're talking about over 600 million fans globally, and, and there's a lot of leagues out there. So we enable that to exist. And from there, the culture is built. Um, so we're really pushing them, them towards that new frontier of data tech uh, that has taken over uh, major North American sports. Okay. If I can just quickly add to that. Yeah. Um, you know, the NBA, for example, from 2011 to 2019, their viewership went up 20%. And they directly attributed that to the uh, the data and technology that they implemented. Um, so MMA is just, you know, another one in line to be able to adopt that and become really mainstream. Okay, let's talk about gaming and gambling then, especially in yeah. fight, um, because short of the breaks between rounds, um, how do you foresee placing odds on whatever it may be next takedown whatever it may be how do you kind of view that when the round is ongoing and anything could happen in literally an instant yeah so i mean there's always momentum in fights uh, you know for example a great example would have been the um welterweight champion in the ufc kamar usman uh he fought uh leon edwards i believe last year and he was dominating all all five rounds pretty much heading into the fifth uh, pardon me, all four rounds heading into the fifth. And in that fifth round, he caught a mean leg kick to the head and, and got knocked out. These kind of these kind of things, like any better that would have placed that, that bet on Leon in play just for that one opportunity to take advantage of that puncher's chance um, would have made a, a fair bit of change. Uh, so so we really are, are telling the story of the fight through numbers for the betters and at the same time allowing them to take advantage of, of what's called a puncher's chance in, in fighting yeah. sports. Uh, but how do you think through the speed at which something needs to be offered, latency yep. issues of watching the fight, and yep. getting this opportunity out there? Because you know, to your point, and to, to really just to, as a you know a fan of combat sports, man, it's tough. Once the once the round is going, it's one punch, one kick away from changing literally everything in a moment's notice. For sure, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. But at the same time, I would say that, um, you know, certain types of matchups, certain types of styles uh, can really, people don't know what to expect until the fight starts. So, for example, if you're a really great striker and a really great grappler, which one is going to, to, to win? Which skill set is going to rise? And if you see the grappler early on, um, you know, maybe that's something you put a quick bet down. As far as speed of what we do, everything we do is sub-second latency, uh, real-time data extraction and analysis. So we allow the people to really take advantage of, of what's being, you know, played out in front of them. Okay. Um, how'd you get into this? Tell me a little bit about your background. Appreciate it. Yeah, I used to be a, a pro football scout up in Canada for the Toronto Argos. I would scout Northeast U.S. Um, left that in 2019. I, I, you know, I didn't know if I'd go back to, uh, to sports in general. Um, and then the pandemic hit. You know, all sports stopped and I thought, damn, I really need to watch some competition. Uh, and, and so Dana White, the president of the UFC, found a way to keep putting on events. Um, you know, skirt those COVID rules and I'll tune in every week. And I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool, you know? 
Um, and I've also played some bets myself because I'm a little bit of a sports gambler. And, and during that time, I really saw that there was a, a major lack of data and analysis of data that's available. And so I would build my own spreadsheets, things like that. Uh, and eventually I said, you know, let's see what we can do with machine learning and artificial intelligence. I went and found my technical co-founder who's got yeah. a PhD in this stuff. And we built some really cool uh, initial prototypes. Eventually got funding and, and just kind of took off from there. That's very cool. Had you looked into this type of stuff for implementation in football scouting or or no? Uh, so when I was in football, it was very much that old school mindset, like, you know, trust your gut. Um, you know, <laughs> write what you see, see what you write. Um, great what you see, great what you write, pardon me. But now I'm starting to understand the, the power of uh, AI and tech. Um, and I've actually gone back to the teams that I work for and we're working through some prototype stuff uh, with them. Um, how do you feel about the mantra, trust your gut these days, now that you're working in math? <laughs> yeah, I'm actually all about uh, the data and the tech. Uh, trusting your gut is, is the way of way of the path. Um, you know, I think that's, that's no longer uh, a smart play for anybody. Yeah, I mean, it is It is interesting, though. Uh, the NFL draft just happened. Anthony Richardson, there's a wild array of opinions of him. The math will tell you something you're not going to like to see, and your gut's going to tell you something else entirely. So I guess we we still yeah. do have test cases of high level athletes that you gotta trust your gut, for lack of a better term. Sometimes, absolutely. All right. So last thing on combat sports, um, and let's mm-hmm. go back to the gambling element of this because I think gaming, gambling, sure. which I think is a big part of, of what you're trying to build and grow here. You mentioned the size of obviously it's massive um, worldwide. Where is that conversion into betters and where do you kind of see that going uh, into the future? Yeah. So, you know, it's really interesting. Uh, when we talk about those 600 million fans, um, a lot of them, again, don't have the ability to bet. When we talk about in-play betting, when you look at whether you look at the U.S., whether you look at Europe, Asia, over half of betters, over 50% of betters um, bet in-play, bet live. And the fact that they can't do that, we are enabling these, this massive market of people that typically bet on sports uh, to, to get in the in-play. If we look at boxing in the U.K. alone, 87.5% of fans that watch boxing in the U.K. are betting on the sport. So, you know, conceivably, we're enabling the 50% of that number to be able to bet live during the fight. Tim Malik is the CEO of Combat IQ. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bram. On the next Future Sport Podcast, follow the eyes. The answers are there. Uh, so they started with the technology to look at how you could deploy eye tracking in a more scalable way. Again, with the intention initially to go and uh, make this a new way to go control uh, a computer, much like we have mice and keyboard today. The challenge in the technology that we see is, of course, making this work for everyone. That's Anand Srivatsa, CEO of Toby, a company who builds eye tracking technology. That will do it for this episode. As always, the future is now. This is the Future Sport Podcast. I'm Bram Weinstein. <laughs>